Welcome to episode 297 of the Seahawkers podcast. I'm Brandon Schultz of the Military Seahawkers, joined by my good buddy and Montana Seahawker, Adam Emmert. Brandon, I'm I'm really excited to, to compete today and just go really hard at it and see if we can't capture this thing and, you know, really make that turn and uh, see where that takes us and and all of that. And I'm just fired up. I'm fired up today. Yeah, you've got your uh, Pete Carroll uh, dictionary of cliches <laughs> beside your your notes there. I think. Oh wait, let me turn this off. I, I had Google Translate set to Pete speak. <laughs> nice. Yeah. Well, we we did get uh, some news from Pete Carroll here this last week. He did a, an hour long press conference with the news media, and this Adam would be about the time of the year where we're talking about wrapping up OTAs. So, hey, mm-hmm. welcome to this time of the year that would normally be very different. Instead, they're wrapping up their their Zoom calls. They are. They are. And apparently do, they're doing all of that really well. Uh, like As well uh, as you can Pete do always it. Says. Yeah. As well as you can do it. Yeah. And they're, uh, they're not leaving anything behind. They're going after it all <laughs> the way uh, on every call. So um, it was... It was funny. I mean, we're going to break down this press conference from Pete Carroll here in, by God, if you ever wanted a crash course in Pete speak, this was the press conference for you. I mean, if you're new uh, as a human being to Pete Carroll when he's in full on Pete Carroll mode, here it is. It's just the way it is. This this is what you get with Pete. We're 10 years in with uh, with Pete Carroll and the franchise. So I, I do feel like, you know, maybe we make fun of it just because we've heard it so often and there's nothing really else going on right now. So that's uh, that's just one of the things that you get with Pete Carroll and when he's in his news conferences and when there's really not a whole lot to talk about. The press conference was, you know, about 50-50 on football versus social issues, and particularly the Colin mm-hmm. Kaepernick was a big part of that. We want to mm-hmm. get to that. But let's talk about the, the football side of it, because obviously at this point of the season, we look at the acquisitions that the Seahawks have brought on. We know that defensive line was a huge issue last year. We know that the secondary could have used improvement, especially if you look at the last game with the Green Bay Packers. So at this point of the season now, because the next time these guys come back, it's going to be training camp and trying to get ready for the season. If there is a season, I feel like I have to qualify that every single time Mm -hmm. we talk about the upcoming season. And so at this point, did you feel like uh, the defensive line was going to be set with what they have right now? Well, I mean, we've talked about it at nauseum, right? I think we're both a little underwhelmed with the acquisitions made to improve the defensive line, include you know, especially the pass rush itself. But then you got Pete Carroll definitely giving us his best used car salesman uh, routine uh, in really talking up Bruce Irvin in his acquisition and just how how much that could mean for the team. And I'm not saying that it won't. I mean, Bruce had a nice year for the Panthers last year. He could be a 68 sack guy pretty easy. I mean, that's in his wheelhouse. He is versatile. I get all that. I'm excited about having him there as maybe the number two, number three pass rusher. That'd be great. But they never did go out and get that number one guy. And there's a couple guys that are even still on the market. And whether that's Clowney or Griffin or... Take your pick, right? Or even maybe some interior guys. I mean, Mike Daniels, I believe, is still out there, right? He is. I, th- there's, there's guys, and they just aren't pulling the trigger on it. They're not spending in the trenches. And as, 
they're not spending big dollars on the trenches. They're bringing in dudes. I mean, especially on the offensive line. And it's just a little disappointing. I mean, I because you said, well, the secondary could use some help as well. Well, that's a little bit of the chicken and the egg thing, right? I mean, your secondary is only as good as your pass rush and, you know, which comes first, right? right? And, and if your secondary really covers, then it gives the pass rush that extra beat to get to the quarterback. And so you kind of have to decide where you believe the problem is. And for me, it's defensive line. I feel like we have the horses in the secondary. Yeah. I mean, we've got good dudes, but it's just what we have in what we're counting on for the pass rush, you know, especially rookies or second year players that scares the hell out of me. I'm with you. It's, it feels like they need another piece, although I can see maybe how, from Pete's perspective, they can be content because I look at where this team has spent their money in the offseason. And when you think of those early reports that maybe they offered Clowney $15 million or $18 million, even if you say it's somewhere in that range, maybe they didn't anticipate keeping Jaron Reed or bringing back Bruce Irvin. And if you look at just those two moves, that matches up to about what Clowney, you know, the reports were that they were going to offer Clowney mm-hmm. and, you know, is having a guy like Reed on the interior and Irvin, who, you know, is is kind of a proven veteran in that regard and had more sacks than Clowney did last year, probably didn't have more pressure. But, you know, if if they can look at that and say, yeah, we would rather have those two guys over the one guy. Yeah, plus Benson Mayoa, right? Yeah, that puts you at 18 if the offer was 18, if you throw in Benson Mayoa. Right. And and you'll see that Clowney has turned down offers, right? In not just from the Seahawks at fifteen million. That's reportedly what the Browns just offered him for one year. So it's it's not that they haven't tried. I mean, they've actually tried, and apparently that's a fair market value if that's what the other teams are offering as well. Unfortunately, uh, Clowney doesn't feel that way, and so he's not going to take it. I mean. Is he just going to sit out a full year? I think maybe once we get to training camp, he's going to find a team. I I do think that the Titans probably make a lot of sense. They have the cap space for it. You know, they have they have a need for it. The Browns don't really make sense for me. I guess unless they're going to get rid of Vernon uh, a few weeks into the season after Miles Garrett's back from suspension. Mm, yeah, maybe. I mean, the Browns don't make any sense because why would you want to go there and kill your career? Well, I, it doesn't make any sense from his perspective, but from the Browns oh. perspective, I, I was trying to take the position of of the general oh. manager, why you would go after Clowney. Oh, well, then you did the right thing because then they should sign him if it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> yeah, that's what the Browns very, very Browns move. I don't know where he ends up. I am really just. It's a lot like everything in this world right now. I mean, I look at almost everything when people ask me about stuff. I'm like, I I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll have a better idea in a month, and then a month goes by, and you're like, no, still don't know. No. If anything, I'm more confused than ever. I got stopped in the checkout line by at Murdoch's by this gal uh, in a Dallas Cowboys hoodie, and she was the cashier. She just goes, I was done with my transaction, and she just stops me. She goes, do you think there's going to be a season? <laughs> and, I'm, uh-huh. and I was like, Oh, I don't know. She's like, Zeke just came down with the vid. Yeah. Like, and I was like, yeah, your whole team has, it sounds like, you know? And she's like, well, what's it, what's going to happen? And I, I don't know. 
I don't know. Maybe in a month I'll know better. I mean, my guess is that that they're going to play. It may look very different. I, I think it's all going to come down to if your quarterback cannot get sick. Yeah. And if if your quarterback stays healthy that way, you might have a chance to win it all. That might be what it all comes down to. It's freaking bizarre. It is. And or where in the season that your quarterback, if he does come down with it, you know what? what yeah, that you means. almost want to do it early, right? They still don't even know if you can get it twice. So I, I feel like maybe that's a bad idea. <laughs> maybe, maybe Fauci was. But then just again, out, who knows? Uh, <laughs> Doctor Fauci was just out to, on uh, Thursday saying that he doesn't think that there's going to be an NFL season. Okay, well there we go. Feel like it's early to make that call, but I mean that's his feeling right now. I guess. I guess it, it, they all, and that's the thing is every single expert that you listen to on this stuff has different things to say, and I'm not saying that any one of them's right or wrong, or that there's any ill intent to their information that they're giving. It's just they're just finding different conclusions somehow, and all very smart people, and so it's very difficult to know. Um, exactly what's important or not. I mean, I read an article today talking about um, uh, from Michael Osterholm. He's uh, an epidemiologist, right? And he's been kind of at the forefront of this and was ha- was involved with the Ebola outbreaks and all that stuff, right? So he's, he's a very smart guy when it comes to this sort of thing, you know, yeah. pandemics and, and that sort of stuff. And he's saying, you know, the whole surfaces thing isn't a big deal. It's the air that you're breathing with other people Mm. and that really the biggest problem is being inside with other people breathing rather than being outside with people breathing. But then when you talk really loud or sing or breathe hard, that's aerosolizes things and that makes a little more contagious. So it's like, well, okay, if they, if it's better to be outside, like then maybe we do have football, right? Like, yeah, except for the dome teams, (laughs) Maybe they got to find outdoor facilities. Pete Carroll talks in his presser about doing everything outside. Well, you know, if you're not going to have fans, you can find anywhere outside to play as long as it's a, a, a quality field. Right. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So everybody uh, and I think this is what Fauci was getting at. He's he was saying that, you know, as long as it's kind of a, like they're trying to do with the NBA, keep everybody in kind of one facility and, you know, just yeah. try and keep everything out of that area. But see, I think how I would change it then is everybody goes camping. So everybody's outside. You're just camping outdoors. And that way you don't have to worry about going inside ever. Well, basically, you're using the Adam Emmer approach to, to travel life. and being around <laughs> people right now. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm literally loading up the camper today to go to Washington for a job this weekend. And the whole point is, is I'm bringing all my own food, all my own water, all you know, my own sleeping arrangements, everything. So all I have to do is go to a gas pump in the car for the next four days and then just see the two to three people that I'll see at the mill. And that's it. There you go. And I'll yeah, and I'll be outside away from people. What we need to do, because Jim Harbaugh was having a, a tough time with all of the rules and he was saying it was humanly impossible to comply with everything that the NFL is supposed to do with, I guess, what rules they put out. Pete Carroll thought differently. But I think, Adam, they need to bring you in as a consultant to be like, this is how to live life outdoors. Yes. Yeah, I think I can help with that. Um, Like I've said from the beginning with this pandemic thing, this has been 
hasn't been a huge change to my life. Like not hanging out with people, <laughs> going into the woods by yourself. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's basically been the exact same thing. The outdoor camping thing could be difficult for Minnesota and Green Bay and Chicago in the wintertime. The, yeah, the, the North teams are going to have the struggles when we get into November and December. Hell, man, it could be a, a struggle in the summer even. I mean, the mosquitoes are the size of you know, bald eagles. They'll haul you off out there, man. <laughs> like, not sure I'd want to be camping it out out there. But Pete Carroll, whatever the rules are, we did, we did find that he's going to mm-hmm. do them better than everybody else. Yeah, they're they're going at it as hard as anybody can go at it and uh doing it the the best way that it can possibly be done. It, this I'm going to be honest, man. This this press conference annoyed the hell out of me. <laughs> I could tell you're I, a little bit annoyed by it. I I just and you the thing is too is he gets to the well, the press wasn't going to let the Kaepernick stuff lie for a second, right? And you you expect them to ask a few questions about the, the whole situation, right, with, with the Black Lives Matter stuff right now and, you know, Kaepernick kind of bubbling back up to the forefront within that because yeah. of his role in, in starting it. And that all makes sense. And I understand that they would want to talk about that. But when you get to, uh, you know, an hour long press conference and you get to minute 30 and you get the reporters apologizing to Pete being like, Oh, sorry to ask the 14th question in a row about cap, but, and he's, and it's the same question every single time. I like, don't know if it was the same question necessarily. I definitely noticed it the was apologies, worded different and it was weird that they were apologizing for it. I thought part of the problem is coming out of the news conference is a lot of people pointing out how Pete Carroll's answers didn't quite make sense when you tried to put it all together because when they brought Kaepernick in, what was it, three years ago or so, Pete coming out of it saying that he thought Kaepernick should be a starting quarterback. And I think one of the things we have to think about, too, is the dynamic of the team. You know, there was that real concern that if Russell had some bad games, that maybe with a guy like Kaepernick on the team, there was going to be calls within the team to say, hey, you know, let's get him up there and and start Cap. And so I think Pete was maybe trying to avoid some of that dynamic, but also trying to help cap out in a way to to generate some other interest from other teams, I think. Yeah. Oh, I think you nailed it directly on the head and you actually said it clearly. See, that's what that's where the problem is with what was going on with Pete and this presser is that he wasn't saying anything clearly with any sort of, you know, definity. It was all just it was Pete speak. To, to the nth degree. And he goes and he goes like, he'll, and you know, it's Pete speak because he does this thing. This is one of the things that drives me the most crazy when I can tell he's trying to tap dance all around the issue because number one, he didn't want to get into the idea and put out into the press that at that time, the locker room was super precarious. And the idea was, is that they were trying to move away from Earl Thomas, Richard Sherman, Mike Bennett, those guys in the locker room to turn the team over to Russ because there was some animosity between those two sides of the of the ball, right? Offensive and defensive side of the ball after the Super Bowl loss. And they were really worried that maybe Russ could lose the team, right? They, the, the hearts and minds of the locker room. And so he didn't want to bring in Cap to create another controversy to put Russ under the spotlight, right? But he tiptoes all around that because he doesn't want to put out in the media that at that time he was worried about that because that would turn into a big ass story. Sure. 
So then he definitely wants to do cap a solid in the sense that, hey, we brought him in. We had good discussions. If anybody wants to talk to us about that, be happy to. Maybe it will help open a door going forward in the future. And he spoke to that a little more directly, but he almost used it as an excuse rather than being like, this is what I was doing. Mm -hmm. And then at the end of it, he goes, well, I mean, Cap is one of those kind of players, man. He's a dude out there. He's, you know, he's a starter level player and all that. And when he, when he ends something with, and all that, it's the same as, I don't know if you've ever seen the show Longmire, Brandon. No, but okay. Modern uh, Wyoming sheriff, you know, old gruffy cowboy, right? And somebody will ask him something that he doesn't want to talk about. Like, hey, Walt, you hurt your arm. Uh, what happened to your arm? I heard it. So. And then <laughs> whenever he finishes something with so, that means I'm not talking anymore about it and you're getting no details. That's exactly what Pete Carroll does with and all of that. <laughs> So it's uh, a starter and all of that. I, I'm going to have just to watch kinda, out for that now. Now that you just to kind of just, yeah, just kind of like sweep it under the rug and we're, you know, moving on and all of that. And it, it, it just, he did instead of just addressing this stuff directly. Yeah. That's why people are coming back after this press conference and being like, this doesn't ring true, feels disingenuous and all of that. <laughs> well, and I think the, the thing is because when you're trying to, look at Kaepernick as a backup player. And when you consider Pete's always compete mentality, that people are just having this, this struggle with the idea that, well, if you think Kaepernick could be a solid backup player, could come in and, and fill in if Russell goes down, then why not have him on the roster rather than not have him on the roster? And yes. with the preseason coming up, why not have him compete with Geno Smith? Because we know that Geno Smith is, yeah, he's fine. But could Kaepernick beat him out in a competition? Maybe at this point. It's been a few years. But, you know, it's also been a few years for Alden Smith since he's been in the league. And the Cowboys signed him to an above veteran minimum deal. So I, it's, uh, it's hard to, to work through those issues. And like you said, with Pete Carroll not being completely clear, I think that, uh, yeah, he's happy with the situation that he has, but I don't think that that would be as much of a problem now as it was a few years ago. I don't know if it would or not be, but if there's one thing that has absolutely been made abundantly clear to me over the years is that if you're a quarterback who is a fringe starter that brings a lot of hoopla to your team over taking a knee, and I'll give you the example of two guys now who have been run out of the league because they've taken a knee on the field as a quarterback and they're in different circumstances, holy, but they've both done it. One was Kaepernick with it a few years ago with the protest. And then the other was Tim Tebow when he would take a knee in the end zone after he scored all the time, you know, because of the religious aspect of things. Right. Yeah. And the amount of hoopla, <laughs> That was around Tim Tebow. Do you remember t uh, Tebow mania? Yeah. Well, even when he was a backup with the, was it with the, the Jets? Jets, the yeah. Patriots, right? And so what you saw is, is that all the teams didn't want anything to do with the hoopla. They, they wanted no part of it. It's just another distraction. It's another thing you have to answer in the presser 15,000 times. Every one of your players has to answer it. And the first time somebody slips up, then it turns into a story. Now you got to spend all your time going after that. And so they ran Tebow out of the league for that. 
And also because he was, you know, Kaepernick's a better player than Tebow. Don't get me wrong. Right. Yeah. But it's the same mentality here with the Kaepernick thing. I mean, some people view it as Pete not wanting, not being supportive of what Cap stands for when it has nothing to do with that. He is supportive of it, but selfishly, he doesn't want the hoopla around the team. That's where it's at. Now, right or wrong, that's up for everybody else to decide on their own. But that's the that's the point of all of it. That's and Pete what isn't going to come out and say, I don't want the hoopla because he's a he's exactly. a well, I think he does want it, the door open in case he needs cap to come in. Like he said, no. if Russell Wilson gets tangled up and goes down and you, you just there's so many variables that could factor in with that. But for what he needed to say, based on his principles, he couldn't come out and say, yeah. Uh, again, it was a tap dance. The whole answer was a tap dance and just these empty phrases and all that. And all that. I think the hoopla factor with Kaepernick probably would be would go away faster than with Tebow, though. Because Tebow was a talk to the media type of guy. And Cap yeah. wasn't, you know, he would do his press conferences when he had to uh, after games and, and whatnot. But he was, I don't feel like he's a guy. I mean, even in the last years that, since he's been out of the league, he's not an in right. your face in the media type of guy. Well, the public speaking aspect of trying to be a leader of social change has never been Kaepernick's strong suit. Not because he's not a smart guy. It's just much like me, maybe not the most articulate of guys when it comes to making sure that you say the right things in the right moment to, to lead people. Right. And so instead of putting yourself out there, you tend to, you know, pull back. And I think that's kind of where it's been with cap. Yeah. I think he's maybe more of the mindset that he wants the movement to be the story and not him. Maybe that's it. Yeah. I don't know, but I, I guess I was talking with somebody a couple of weeks ago about how different it would have been about See, I, I think Cap kind of lost the message when he first started kneeling, right? And it got kind of hijacked by other people and it kind of went different directions rather than just focusing on police brutality. And I think there would have been an enormous difference. Let's just say it had been Russ who was taking a knee instead. Russ, much better at talking with the media, much more out front, uh, is really good at that sort of thing. Whereas Cap's fine at it, but that's not his forte. Sure. I guess is really kind of what I was trying to get at. Mm -hmm. um, I think it would have made a big difference in how things went the first time around on that. Yeah, I could see that. What I'm really trying to say is Russ is better than Cap. He's always been better than Cap, <laughs> who will be a, who is a dirty 49er until he's a, another uh, on another roster. Although I, people are shifting there. I think he's been not a 49er long enough. And with everything that's happened here lately... They've they've kind of shifted their mindset to go, oh, yeah, you know what? Cap wasn't a bad guy. See, this is a great example of how uh, I think you and I find a little more balanced views on most things in this world because we take all of that irrational hatred <laughs> and irrational BS and we put it into sports. Yeah. And so my sports hate for Kaepernick is still very much alive. <laughs> now, as far as him as, a, as an individual and a person and a human. Yeah. Uh, I'm a fan. Yeah. You know, I, I, I get what he's doing. I, I think it's brave and I, I, I appreciate him as a person. Yeah. But he's still a freaking Niner, man. <laughs> oh, yeah. So that was the other thing that came out of the press conference is somebody called Pete. 
Oh, he was really proud to bust that one out, wasn't he? Oh, he knew that was going to be news, and he he seemed to he seemed to have it locked and locked. He, he waited just a little bit, you know. He didn't want to come out with it right away, mm-hmm. but it's like he waited for the perfect time. He was like, "Hey, somebody called me." Yeah, he was like the guy who buys a present for his girlfriend, but is bad at like just holding on to it for two months until Christmas <laughs> gets there. Like he buys it and he's just like, "I just got to give it to her right now." Like that, <laughs> Pete. You could tell that was. It was just bubbling. He couldn't wait for that to come out. Oh, and guess what? Somebody called me today. He was so proud. He was proud as punch, man. Yeah, he was. But who who do you think was the team that called him? Hard telling not knowing. I mean, maybe it was the Chargers. And then you hear reports that a second team is has even called. Um, so that that's cool too, I guess. But I mean, when Roger Goodell goes out and says on a radio interview that he encourages teams to sign Kaepernick. Yeah. Um, there's been a 180 around, uh, not just with Goodell, but Trump came out and said he'd he'd be okay with Cap being on a team. Interesting. I hadn't heard that's that. That's different one. than than okay. three years ago. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's a that's a far cry from uh, what the commander in chief was tweeting at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. I wonder if Goodell saying that I encourage the teams to sign Kaepernick is does that sound a little like code to you like one of y'all better damn well you know sign this guy because it's good for business and it looks good for the league it's it's been good for Nike for business I think the Texans make a lot of sense because Bill O'Brien came out and said that he would kneel and JJ mm-hmm. Watt was very defensive which uh you know he has he's a defender uh, <laughs> in in more than one way yeah. and and so I think J.J. Watt coming out, I, I think that's uh, that's a big move there, especially for Houston fans. So, yeah, there, I think there could be a spot for him. Oh, there's definitely a spot Just, for and him. Can you, name, can you name Deshaun Watson's backup? Um, injured Deshaun Watson. <laughs> right. It's about the uh, same yeah. depth chart as Seattle. <laughs> yeah, it's similar that way. No, I, look at Kaepernick in these terms. There are 32 teams. Most teams carry at least two quarterbacks, right? So out of the 64 human beings on the planet yeah. who play the position of quarterback, is he one of the 64 best humans on the planet? It's been a few years, but I would think so. Like I can only name yes, me too. after about 40, it, uh, it gets pretty iffy. <laughs> in <terms of laughs> Indeed it does. Named quarterbacks. Yeah. I mean, there was a time in there where people like Mark Sanchez was still in the league and Cap wasn't. Matt Schaub is still in the league. Right. There you go. I mean, isn't he like, and you know, Matt Ryan doesn't need, you know, veteran mentorship. Who? <laughs> I work that in perfectly. <laughs> yeah. I can just say Matt Ryan every show. Huh? <laughs> I know Matt Shaw, but on uh, the Falcons, who's this other Matt you speak of? Yeah. They, they got all the mats. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They just need, uh, they need to bring in uh Hasselback to, be the go. third stringer. I mean, if you're getting, you know, aging bald white quarterbacks to be your your backups, right? Yeah. Is he is Kaepernick better than Brian Hoyer? I think so. Uh, it might be a push. Oh, come on. Just with his legs, he's better. Yeah, that's probably true. I don't know. Hoyer's probably going to be the starting quarterback. And well, that's kind of my point. If uh Brian Hoyer can be deemed one of the best 32 human beings to play the quarterback position. I would venture 
to say that Kaepernick is better than Brian Hoyer and so therefore deserves a starting gig. Football season has to happen now. Well, there's that. And that would go a long ways too. I mean, just Cap getting on the field again would be a huge deal. And that that would help move things along. The one thing I have taken away from all this, and especially listening to Pete Carroll and even listening to uh, him and and Coach Kerr on that Talking uh, Mm -hmm. Flying Coach podcast. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I think the the stick to sports, shut up and dribble type mentality is going to be history. Yeah, I think we're done with that now, right? I think so. Yeah. I think that's been put away. And I think especially in the, in the NFL, they're trying to become more like the NBA who has moved on from that. Well, I think over the last five years, especially with Adam Silver becoming the commissioner of the NBA, I think the NBA has the um, or has had the image more of being the most, quote, woke league of all the leagues. Right. Yeah. Can, do you think we could get rid of woke, though? I, I feel like that's becoming an overused term. Uh, that's why I put it in quotes. because <laughs> People uh, can't see I, you doing your air quotes. <laughs> well, I, I, that's why I said quote, right? Did I say quote? quote? I don't know if you did that's or not, a, but you definitely held yeah. up your fingers like you were quoting. <laughs> I sure did. Um, so if you didn't see that, well, that's on you. But uh, you're not woke enough to not see that. Uh, but uh, yeah, I think the NFL would very much like to change their public image. Now, whether they really believe it or not is a whole nother story. Um, really like to change your public image as being more on the same level as the NBA on social issues, especially racial issues. Right. And we'll we'll see if they can successfully navigate that without doing their greedy capitalist routine where they, you know, they get mad if uh, they're going to lose one dollar over somebody being remotely controversial. Um I, I'm surprised the owners let Goodell come out and make that statement, I guess, is really what was interesting to me. Well, the interesting part did they was, just need did they just need Bob McNair to die from the Texans before he could talk? Was that it? It could be because maybe that's one less person he has to fight apart from Jerry Jones. Well, Jerry, you know, he's at the point now you can kind of roll him, don't you think? Like if you're Goodell, I mean, he, Jerry's lost his fastball. He's not he's not as, as sharp as he was. He's still pretty influential, though. And if Jerry really throws a fit, you tell him to go out on his yacht and make <laughs> his draft picks from out there again. You go be by yourself. Yeah. Social yeah. distance out in the ocean, Jerry. Social distancing out in the ocean. That sounds kind of nice right now. If you're into the ocean. See, you you were a Navy guy and you, you're fine with the boats. I know since I don't have fins uh-huh. and or gills that I don't belong out there where everything is trying to kill you. So I don't I don't go out there. Um, I'm a, I'm more of a land person. Yeah. With feet. If the boat is big enough, it it makes it okay. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. You ask every member of the manifest of the Titanic. This this is not the time for a cruise. I tell you that much. No. Was there ever a time for a cruise? You know, I I've after being in the Navy, I can I could be without the cruises. Yeah, you've had enough cruise in your life. Well, just the idea of being on it's cool being out there on a boat. Like if you had your own yacht, if you had your Paul Allen size yacht and it was not a whole, you know, enough people. If it were if it were enough people to run that boat Mm. and and no extra people. Yeah, I don't know if you've noticed the, the, the amount of people that they pack on these cruise lines. And when you consider the the that it's Corona time right now. 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, that's a bad combination. Yeah, well, it never was a good combination. Uh, I've been on exactly one cruise in my life. I was 16, and it was on that cruise that I realized I didn't belong out on the freaking ocean. No? No, I remember standing on the stern like at the at midnight, right? And mm-hmm. the props are doing the wash in the water, and like there's nothing forever. And yeah. I'm just sitting there thinking, man, if I fell in right now, like I'm gone forever. That's when I knew. Well, that's a yeah. That's definitely a feeling anybody has had at night on a boat outside. Yeah, and I wish I d- I dug it because honestly, the idea of having like a pretty nice sailboat in no country and just like bomb around on the sailboat all over the world, mm-hmm. like that that speaks to me. I would love to do that, you know, because you're tiny house living right on your boat, and you don't have to pay rent to no one. You just bomb around. The the coolest like feeling for me in the Navy was when you'd go outside and go and, and say, you know, I'm going to go for a run. And so you're just running around on the deck of the ship and there's just water all around you. It's it's a neat feeling. Yeah, it's like <laughs> it, it's like running through the forest, except, you know, you're you're surrounded by water. So it's interesting to where it takes your mind, I guess. Yeah, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm not into it. <laughs> Did so? Did you go for a run then when you were on that cruise ship when you were sixteen? No. Oh well, you don't know then. Well, I do know that it would be right about that point that a rogue wave would come up and reach out of the sea and just rip us down, and that would be that. <laughs> All those rogue waves out there—they're everywhere, <laughs> and not, to the point to where on the beaches in Oregon they have signs and they warn you about sneaker waves. They even sneak up on your ass. If the ship is big enough, well, for one, if the waves are that big, they're not sneaking up on you and you're not going to go running. (laughs) It's that wavy outside. If you say so, I don't know. I think the scariest thing in the world is a rogue sneaker wave. Try to transition out of that. No, there's there's (laughs) no transition. Uh, You know, we're we're a, a while from that. I think when you started talking about getting in your camper, we are already into the second half of the show. Yeah, well. Is this the last show of the off season officially? I think it is. I think oh, once okay. we, I, I think we're about to start getting into our uh, July chats with our NFC West rivals. Right. So um, this is the annual podcast where we've literally run out of things to talk about. <laughs> and you're welcome, people. I, I do have where the Seahawks have spent their money. I got into it a little bit with, you yeah. know, we were talking about Jaron Reed and Bruce Irvin. And uh, Benson Mayo to a certain extent, but before before you break it down, how much money is left? I think around twelve million. Okay, in the imaginary pool of never ending cap space, right? I'm just curious what. Right. Yeah, because if you look at Rob Staten's recent article, we've got to give Tyler Lockett a raise. He deserves a raise mm-hmm. um, in terms of how he's paid by wide receiver standards. How many years are left on his deal? He has 2020 and 2021. Yeah, so that won't happen. Well, one of the things that Rob points out, though, is that if you do kind of tear up the deal, start a new one, give him another four-year deal, you could actually increase your cap space for this year and sign, lock it to a longer-term extension, give him a big bonus this year. And Mm -hmm. that would be one of those benefits of having a guy under contract long-term and and at a reasonable price right now. Well, I know Rob knows John Schneider in the sense that we all know John Schneider. There is no way on God's green earth 
with two years left on a deal that he's redoing a deal. He's not doing it. That precedent is something that he will not touch. So as far as, well, you'd create more cap space. And then since you sign in Tyler now, then his deal in the future is going to be a a better deal for the team, right? Because every year the salaries go up and all that. That's all fine and dandy. But John has made it very clear that he will not set that precedent that two years left on a deal, he's going to redo a deal because then everybody and their dog with two years left on their deal wants a new deal. And then that hurts your cap space even more. Yeah. Well, that's a good point. So I guess the, the deal that you could still make is that you could give him a bonus this year. That way he gets all of his money up front for this year and part of next year. And you could probably spread it out in a way that you lower the cap a little bit. Yeah. Didn't they do something like that with, Marshawn towards the end and I want to say that's something that has been yeah, or Doug or yeah make some make some cap magic yeah cap magic you know if Tyler Lockett feels underpaid well maybe you shouldn't have signed that deal when you did I mean I remember when he signed and there were a lot of people thinking, saying that's too uh, for Tyler Lockett he's getting that wait in which way because for me I was like Man, we just got a freaking steal. <laughs> I remember you were on that side of it, and other people are like, what are you talking about? That's a terrible deal for the Seahawks. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. I guess uh, one of us was right there. Y- you were right on that one. Even a blind squirrel finds a nut once in a while, man. Rob's not wrong about him deserving more money, because if he's not paid among the top 10 and wide receivers, based on how he's played over the last two, three years, he's been a top 10 wide receiver. Yeah, when healthy, right? Yeah. And that's well, and the all big, these guys get dinged up a little bit. Yeah, he got dinged up a lot of it when his leg exploded. Yeah, he came back from that. I know, and it's awesome. And I love Tyler Lockett. I look if it if it were up to me, and I was the Federal Reserve of football, and could just print unlimited money and give it to the guys <laughs> that I really like, Tyler Lockett would be on that list. He would get some quantitative easing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, well, he's doing all right as he is. He's still a top five paid guy in terms of his cap number for the Seahawks. He's you got Russell, Bobby, Jaron Reed, Dwayne Brown, Tyler Lockett. Those are your top five guys right there. And every one of those guys are apparently really uh, taking the lead with the discussions within the team uh, regarding all the social issues and stuff, uh, according to Pete and his presser. So yeah, that's cool. Those are all your team leaders. So it makes sense that they're all paid top five on the team. And then the one most expensive free agent from outside the team, the acquisition is Greg Olson. And he's paid at number six. Yeah. If you would have said, what's the next highest paid free agent to come out of this off season, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't have predicted it being a tight end. I don't think I wouldn't have either until I saw that zoom call with the tight end room. And what, how many million did Greg Olson get? Almost seven, almost $7 million. I think the amount of maturity he's going to bring to that locker room is worth at least $24 million. (laughs) Yeah. Like every one of those $7 million was worth it. Well, especially when you look at Hollister and him getting his restricted free agent tender at 3.3 ish. And, uh, and you go, Oh yeah. Greg Olson's double that easy. Yeah. Yeah. Just because he doesn't bust out a guitar every time he gets a chance to impress everybody. That's maturity. When you That's can called maturity. Busting out a guitar. Yeah. Yeah. You're not the you're not the twenty one year old frat kid anymore. That's how this show has changed over the seven to eight years, Adam, and, and we've grown and matured. As now we look at Hollister and his guitar. 
No, you would have done that anyway seven years ago. I've always hated Guitar Guy. <laughs> I, I've never understood the guy at the party who busts out his guitar, who is at best a mediocre guitar player and strums a few chords with his hippie hair. They always have hippie hair, which is fine. I mean, if it looks good on you, great. But, you know, always, always that. A lot of us have hippie hair now, Adam. Yeah, well, we both do right now. And he'll sit there and strum the guitar and every girl like starts fawning over mediocre guitar guy. I just I've never understood it. Like the vanity of it. Number one. Number two, you're not any good. Shut up. And number three, what's the deal, ladies? Like, I I don't I don't understand. This is really you save this for last. But this is really where your beef is. (laughs) Yes, it pisses me off. I've always hated guitar guy because you're thinking to yourself, man, all I have to do is get mediocre good at the guitar and I can be this guy that uh, doesn't have to go home alone. You know what pisses me off is being a actually decent saxophone player. I can't pull a Bill Clinton and pull that bad boy out and start (laughs) playing and have everybody have everybody have the same reaction. It wouldn't be the same. I promise you. Who's this a-hole with the saxophone breaking it out? <laughs> yeah. Dude, what? You're, you're mediocre about... What are you doing? Wait, you brought your saxophone to the party? <laughs> Look, Kenny G just put it down, okay? Uh, yeah, there's a reason it's not why. It's fair. Yeah. yeah. There's a reason why the Ron Burgundy bit with the, with the jazz flute was so funny. Oh, my God. That, that slayed me. <laughs> so, yeah. Jacob Hollister put the guitar down and start working on blocking. That's what, That's where you need to be at. Uh, he's at this top of a unique group of people on the Seahawks roster. The, when I added up Jacob Hollister and below, like the guys making between two and $3.3 million on the team for this upcoming year, mm-hmm. you put in Hollister, Mayoa at $3 million, Carlos Hyde at almost $3 million, Mikey Potty at two point five, Cedric Abuehi, who the free agent they signed around two point two, and then you got Brandon Jackson, Joey Hunt, and David Moore all at 2.1 with their restricted free agent tenders. You mm-hmm. add up that whole group, that's $20 million for the salary cap mm-hmm. invested in that group. Apparently, that's where John Schneider sees the, where he sees the market inefficiency in the NFL right now is in that two to $3 million range where you get a lot more bang for your buck as far as level of play for relatively cheap contracts. But much like your monthly bills, every little bit adds up, right? Yeah, it does. And yeah, it comes out to that $20 million mark. And I guess you could probably throw in guys like Brandon Shell, BJ Finney, Quentin Dunbar, because they're up to 3.5. So if you are, you know, those three guys I look at as at least two of the three are probably going to start next year. Assuming you're leaving Dunbar off that list? <laughs> I, I, I'm, yeah, he was the third guy that may not start <laughs> next year. <laughs> Okay, I was just making sure I was on the same page here because that was one thing that Pete addressed in his presser and uh, almost almost sounded a little giddy that like it was probably going to go the Seahawks way here with the Dunbar deal. And he was like, no, 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 shouldn't say that. And Uh like, well, I don't really know what's happening and da da da, you know? Yeah. And all that. Yeah, that's. (laughs) You know, it's funny. I mean, we haven't heard any any more news about how much fault that the giants are going to take in this like it it really we haven't heard anything you know maybe that's what pete was going to say maybe pete was going to drop a dime on the the giants 
Yeah. As far as how they are more to blame for this. Yeah. And we covered this few episodes ago. And I mean, yes, this is entirely the New York football giants fault. If I had one criticism of Pete Carroll's press conference this yeah. past week, it would, that it would be that he did not put enough emphasis on this being the giants fault. Well, if there's one thing I know is that really at the end of the day, it was basically the Maras who stole all those watches and money from that card game and then sped off. It might as well have been them. May as well have been. What about Pete's defense of uh, Jody Allen in there? The impassioned defense. Oh, yeah. That was. That got weird. That got a little bit weird because that's probably the first time in a press conference where Jody Allen has come up as any kind of a discussion point. And for anybody who didn't listen in, you listened to it more recently than, than me. What what was it that, what was the reasoning for why her name came into it? Something about like Goodell being the one out making the statement. Yes. And kind of protecting the owners from having to come out and make statements. And, or actually having to know. do something. Right, right. It was something along those lines. And kind of like, hey, so, you know, is Jody Allen going to speak out about any of this? You know, that sort of thing, right? Yeah. And when I heard the question asked, I didn't take it as in Jody Allen is hiding from this issue, like you know, the social justice issues. It was more like, do you see it as like Adele kind of making the statement so the owners don't have to? Um, and is do you think that she'll come out and, and actually say something? And Pete got defensive. Yeah. Well, Jody really Allen doesn't need protected from anybody. Like if you've, you know, if you get around Jody a little bit, you'll know, you know, and, and he's like, I don't even know exactly what you mean by that. And it was, I, it was an odd, it was an odd interaction. It was. And then it turned to where the reporters were like, well, we, can we talk to Jody? Yeah. And like a little weird and aggressive about it. Like kind of like they've been butthurt that they haven't gotten the opportunity to talk to her at this point. Yeah. Well, I mean, I guess we're relying on you then, Pete. Like it got kind of like that typical Seattle passive aggressive. And then Pete backed up. Well, I don't, I can't tell Jody to do anything. So I, I don't know. I mean, but I'll put it in her ear coming after you, Jody. Yeah. Yeah. It throws that one in there. It was just, it was weird. I think Pete was trying to, he realized that he put himself into a tough spot with maybe having yeah. to put his yeah, boss he put Carol to in his, a corner. Put, put, yeah. Get your boss on the phone. (laughs) (laughs) And he kind of backed himself into a spot where it's like, oh, yeah, no, I'm art wanted to talk to the manager. (laughs) (laughs) He's going. Art was going full Karen right there. He wanted to speak to Pete's manager. All right, Adam, what do you say? We uh, welcome. Well, not welcome new members of the flock because we didn't get any new members, but uh, we got a raise from one of our members of the flock. Hey, all right. I'll take that. Yeah. Gettingtheflock.com. Corey Kuhlman came in and upped his pledge, getting in the ring of honor from uh, 5 to 12-12. Awesome, man. Thanks, bud. And now we get to, you know, interact in the ring of honor, which is uh, once again and still continues to be the coolest group of human beings that's ever been assembled. Yeah, we, we did get some cool stuff in the ring of honor this last week. I appreciate Stephanie throwing in the uh, the Golden Girls TikTok uh, do just like riffing along with the Golden Girls uh, theme. Yeah, the girlfriend um, a little less than impressed with his <laughs> rendition, which I think when you watch that, like, so for those of you who haven't seen it, 
dude really does just you know throw out uh, an amazing uh, rendition, like full. I, it's not a rendition; it's an accompaniment to the act because he's just kind of riffing along with it. Yeah, and uh, it really, I mean, I think kind of nails it. And maybe it came out of nowhere; I'm not entirely sure. But the girlfriend looks both equally shocked and appalled all at the same time. Uh, especially at different moments throughout the, uh, the accompaniment. And I think she should have been applauding. I I thought it was really well done. So I think she may have been upset that he had those pipes in him and he's maybe never sung for her the way he's sung along with the golden girls theme song. What are the odds that that couple is still together? (laughs) (laughs) That's the look on her face tells me this, that you can sing like this and you haven't been singing to me. Yeah. Yeah. So you think you think the odds are better that they're still together? I think so. I think a guy like that can it put the charm on and say, "Sorry baby. Here's a song for you." Okay. Well, I think the odds are worse because I don't think she totally appreciates what she has. <laughs> yeah. I, I I get that sense too. Yeah. Because she should have been grooving along with him like as soon as he broke into it. Yeah. Or maybe, you know, even had a, an accompany, accompaniment to his accompaniment, right? Like kind of been like a backup singer with him, like actually got in there. Yeah. And threw in some like ooze, you know, or whatever. Yeah. I, now I'm disappointed in her that she needs to do better. <laughs> there we go. So, yeah. Thanks to Corey for coming in. Hey, I need to bring back uh, tiny pieces of Seahawks stuff, Adam. We, we skipped oh, okay. that in, in May. So I got... Uh, Russell Wilson Prestige 2018 highlight reel with the with the white jersey, the away jersey. So tiny pieces of seahawkstuff.com. Just type go hawks in the comments and you'll be in the running for a random drawing in a couple weeks. Have your comment in. I I'm I still don't believe that Prestige is a real football card company. No, it's it's Panini is the football card company, but Prestige 2018 is the series. Okay, well, the sandwich company is not a football guard company. They're just not. You know, most of these Seahawks jersey cards are Panini cards. So I think they must have they must have created a new market. Because, you know, when you and I were growing up and collecting cards, Adam, mm-hmm. yeah. there were no... Uh, there were no Paninis. Well, There, there were, were no Panini football cards, and there were no Panini sandwiches. You know, you didn't see any of that. It was just a sandwich. And because the jersey is kind of sandwiched in between the back and front of the card, Panini actually mm. makes a lot of sense. Do you for... think that's what that's about? No. Oh. Well, do, now, is that officially a sandwich then? Because we all know <laughs> that a hot dog is not a sandwich. That was something that got settled in the Ring of Honor as well, even though some members of the flock don't think it's settled. It's settled. The hot dog's not a sandwich. There's a case to be made, depending on where you fall in in between the breads and the meats and the bread fillings. Right. Yeah. If you're if you're able to go far enough to call a hot dog a sandwich, you could probably be a person who calls a donut, uh, you know, like a cream filled donut, a sandwich. Ooh, see, yeah, that's the slippery slope. (laughs) It is. Yeah, <laughs> because if if filling doesn't really matter, and if the breading doesn't really matter, a cream filled donut could be a sandwich. There you go, exactly. So where is your line of demarcation? We don't well, need to get into it. Definitely is above hot dog. <laughs> yeah. 
So tiny pieces. And that's of no knock on hot dogs. That's no knock on hot dogs. Okay. Yeah. Like they're fine in their own category. Oh yeah. Just like euros can be in their own category. Tacos can be in their own category. There we go. Yeah. The, things can be their own things. Right. Yeah. True fact. Like aardvarks. <laughs> Very and, true fact. And and pl- yeah. and plat plat pie. Plat pie. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like is that thing even yeah. really an animal? <laughs> well, <laughs> I would go more with alien, but yeah. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to our Aussies out there. <laughs> yeah. Where was I? Tinypiecesofseahawkstuff.com. Right. Type GoHawks in the comments by midnight, June 30th. And we will announce the winner on the following show. All right. Well, yeah. Get in there, guys. You, you want a free panini, right? Yeah. Russell Wilson with some away jersey filling. Mm-hmm. All right, Adam, we didn't uh, we didn't get a whole lot of uh, listener emails here this last week. Really? I did get a tweet from Jeff Scott at Jeff Scott AZ12, and he had to do better for the fact that he had to, his AC broke down down in Arizona. Mm. Okay, triple digits. Ugh. AC guy wanted four hundred and eighty dollars for forty five minutes of work and a thirty dollar part wow yeah did he paint did, did, did the repairman like paint his uh ac in like gold leaf did, i mean did he did he use diamond studded screws to put it back together well jeff said thanks but no thanks and ordered the part himself off amazon and, and did the repair himself well i uh i fully appreciate his industriousness well you know what for five hundred dollars i feel like i could watch enough youtube videos to fix about just just about any job around the house oh absolutely see that's the one thing like home repair is a much easier beast than uh auto repair right especially with these newer cars yeah um yeah i mean pretty much anything around the house is totally doable I mean, cutting holes in walls is kind of where I, I start to get a little iffy. Why? Just sheetrock. It's, it's, I'm saying, it, I get a little iffy, though. Foundation work is where it gets a little iffy to me. Yeah. I did I did have to redo a foundation in an entire house once, and we, we got it done. Really? Man, you were, like, advanced. Dude, the whole thing was built on a treated wood foundation and built into a hill like a daylight basement, and all the tr- treated wood was rotten out, which I knew when we bought it because... It was a bank foreclosure. Got a hell of a deal, right? Uh-huh. Like I paid less than what the land alone was worth. So we jacked up the entire top story, cut out everything, yeah, and then poured a whole new foundation underneath of it, and then set it back down on top of it. Voila! Hey, fun. It was. I don't know if fun would be the <laughs> adjective I'd use, but um, interesting, maybe. You're you're one up guy today. Jeff just replaced his air conditioner, and you're like, "Hey, I built, I rebuilt the whole foundation." Oh, oh! If we're <laughs> gonna take and actually and actually give credit where credit is due here, um, let me put it in, in more accurate terms. I assisted in putting a whole new foundation underneath my house. That was all my dad. Okay, like for reals. So, so Jeff still, hey, that might just be my better at life right there. Jeff, Jeff is better at life. Jeff than, is better at life. Skip yeah. Alice and me. Yeah. I don't know what my most complicated home repair would be, because I'm definitely not one-upping you on the uh, on the foundation. 
Well, I'm trying to think of the what the most complicated home repair that I've done. I did finally drain my water heater. Okay. So you hooked up a hose and opened a <laughs> valve? Yeah. Yeah. Dude. I know. <laughs> <laughs> You're basically Bob Vila. Yeah, I know. I also yeah. changed the air filters in my furnace. <laughs> what? Yeah. You are out of control. Yeah. I'm quite the uh, handyman around the house. Yeah. Well, this actually parlays into my do better. Let's hear this it. week. Yeah. Well, speaking of repairing things uh, in a, you know, quote unquote abode, I find myself as I look to depart here to Washington on this trip to do a job uh, in my camper that I uh, started renting from the bank last year. Right. And a brand new, brand new camper from Jayco. Um, and it had all these amazing features that they, that they sold me on. Like number one, there's a little TV that you can mount inside. You can mount on the outdoor kitchen too. And so, you know, you could maybe watch football out there, like on a nice sunny day, uh, you know, do things like that. Uh, that immediately broke off the wall, fell on the faucet and broke the faucet. And I didn't get to use the faucet for the first summer that I had the thing until I could find a replacement faucet and put it in myself. Yeah. So we did, I think we did hear that do better. Uh, when that when that mishap occurred, yeah. So I pull it out of storage uh, here just the other day to get ready to bump on down the road here. Um, the solar, the pre wired solar connectors on the side of the of the camper to make everything easy, right? Oh, it's pre wired for solar. Look at this. This is amazing. All right, cool. Go to look to see if the solar system's working. Nope, not working. You know where the problem is? The pre wired solar crap. That they had put in there. So I got to rewire the whole thing the way I wire it at the cabin, because apparently I know how to wire up a solar system better than the engineers at freaking Jayco. All right. So, so there's that. Then the water system breaks yet again. The pump cracked for like no reason. I'd blown everything out for the winter. So how that ended up cracking throughout the winter, I'll never know, but I get to repair that too. So on this trip, no water in the sink. That's a lot of fun. Um, let's see what else didn't work. Oh, the, uh, propane system didn't work at all. When I pulled it out of storage, had troubles the summer before on top of that. And I come to find out that from the propane tank there, it goes directly to a regulator, but I have no idea why you need a regulator there because all the appliances that you run off of it have their own regulator. So now it goes through two regulators, which means no freaking gas comes out. And not only that, the, the company that makes this regulator high quality crap that Jayco put on here came from Chang Fong Unlimited Corporation uh, Limited Inc. That's mm. what it was. Yeah. I mean, when I say Chang Fong Corporation Unlimited Inc., does that inspire confidence, Brandon? The only regulator I'm familiar with is Warren G. <laughs> all right. Fair enough. But with all that said, this brand new camper that I'm renting from the bank, I shouldn't have to touch any of this bullshit. Fish. And so to Jayco, who can't seem to put together a quality product, do better. Got regulators on your regulators. I'm redoing all the major systems on there because they were done stupidly. Now, yeah. the, the trailer itself, the walls, the insulation, the doors, the fan, like all that good stuff. That, that part's good. But every system in the thing isn't worth a shit. Fish. See, I was going to suggest you get some of the flex seal stuff and, you know, flex seal some chicken wire and you could have yourself a whole, whole new camper. I saw a guy make a boat out of out of flex seal and chicken wire on TV. It would have been cheaper if I would have gone that route. 
I could build, I, I'm confident at this point that I could build a better camper. You were going to do that anyway. I was. And then I was like, well, or I could take the shortcut and go rent this camper from the bank for a while. Well, my do better this week is for Snopes. Snopes, oh. Adam, the, the website that's supposed to protect us from Internet lies. Yeah. Aren't they the ones who are supposed to get it right? Yeah. And uh, they're not doing that great of a job because I, I saw somebody post in a Seahawks forum about Tom Brady attributing his quote unquote success to his wife's witchcraft. I'm like, OK, mm. I got to go. I got to go to Snopes to find out if this is really true, because I watched the video. There was some video of him getting shaved. It was a Gillette commercial. And he's right. talking about and, and so Tom Brady's breaking down uh, what his success was. One of those fact checker sites like has like a, a scale to like liar, liar, pants on fire down to like whatever the lowest is, like total truth. Like I'm going to go with whatever that rating in the middle is. Like, I, I think that's where we're at. here. It's not completely false, according to Snopes, but it is mostly false. But then part of the issue here is with Snopes, because he really did say that it was that his wife had healing stones and that uh, instead his wife referred to herself as a good witch. And as he was telling the story. Didn't she also like have premonitions before each of the Super Bowls that they were together? Yes, yes. So here's his exact quote. Okay. He said, I stopped questioning her a long time ago. I did. I just shut up and listen. And at first I was like, this is kind of crazy. And then about four years ago, we were playing the Seattle Seahawks. And she said, you better listen to me. This is your year. But this is all the things you're going to have to do to win. And he says, I did all those things. And by God, you know, it worked. It was pretty good. And it mentions how they won. Uh, we don't need to get into that part. And so, mm -hmm. and then in 2015, it was in early January, and she said, you know how much I love you? And I said, yeah. And she said, I just want to let you know that this is not going to be your year. So in 2015, they lost to the Broncos in the AFC Championship that year. Right. So he asked her, what does 2016 look like? She said, 16 is going to be your year. Patriots won in overtime, coming back from the, the 28, to th being down 28 to 3. And he said, so it was in early January this year. And I said, babe, I'm asking, do we have a chance? And she said, yeah, but you're going to have to do a lot of work and you're really going to have to listen to me. So, man, I listened to her. And right after the game, Super Bowl 53 in, in September 2019, she said, see, I did a lot of work. You do your work. I do mine. She said, you're lucky you married a witch. I'm just a good witch. Like bewitched. So when you hear those words, you go, mm -hmm. okay. Here's Brady talking about how his wife's a witch, how she's actually calling herself a witch, but a good witch. Right. By the way, a witch isn't going to tell you if she's a bad witch, right? I don't know. I, I could see like there being like a cocky bad witch that will just be like, yeah, whatever. I'm a bad witch. Eat it. <laughs> and isn't it a matter you're, of perspective? Like if, if yeah. a good witch in this case contributes to a Seahawks loss, is she really a good witch? No, no. <laughs> It's a lot like one man's freedom fighter is another man's terrorist, right? Right. Like same thing. Yeah. Giselle, J you know what we need? Somebody needs to throw water on her and see if she melts. Because then we'd know for sure if she was a bad witch. Yeah. A wicked witch even. Or uh, throw her in the water and see if she floats, right? Is it floats or drowns? Well, that was one of those no wind situations. <laughs>
that I don't know ever really worked out. So that's right. I, I'm if, not sure if that's if she a good doesn't, test. If she floats, she's a witch and you burn right. her. Right. And if she drowns, then she's not a witch. Right. Right. That's how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Or doesn't. <laughs> so for Snopes, clearly putting the explanation in the in the article about Giselle talking about how she's a witch, how Tom Brady talks about how she's a witch, mm. giving this a mostly false rating is inaccurate. Snopes, do better. Yeah. Mostly, mostly wrong. Here's the thing, Snopes, you can't go. And here's what they say. Brady was clearly speaking tongue in cheek, smiling as he shared to a laughing audience the dynamics of his marriage to Bunchen. He did not himself describe her as a witch, and he never attributed his success as an NFL quarterback to her quote unquote witchcraft. So when the person in question, the witch in question, declares themselves a witch, then they're not a witch? Yeah, because Brady was speaking tongue in cheek. Well, okay then. I don't know if we can trust Snopes anymore. Yeah, man. This this uh, is a big hit on their credibility. That's some tortured logic to get to there. They're they're trying to they might be Patriots fans at Snopes. Maybe. Maybe. But at this point, hasn't every Patriot fan like totally turned on Tom Brady? Probably. Especially when he appeared in a Bucks uniform this past week. They're like, yeah, Oh, that's but, yeah, uh, that's not my quarterback. No. It, who uh who did it better? The new Bucks look. Uh, Brady or Gronk? Oh, Gronk. I thought Gronk looked weird. He looked really weird. You think? In a Bucks jersey. Yeah. That looked much odder to me than Tom Brady. Really? Maybe you've had more time to digest the, the Brady to the Bucks. Maybe. Yeah, maybe I've given that more thought. But to me, I haven't seen Gronk in a football uniform for a couple of years now. That's why it's weird. I don't know. I don't think Gronk makes a darn bit of difference for them next year, but it's it's a fun storyline. I don't know how you can look at Gronk in that uniform and say it looks how it looks wrong. It just does. All right. Well, we'll have Snopes look into it. <laughs> if it's true or false, that uh, Gronk does looks Gronk weird. look weird? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is that actually Gronk in those photos? Yeah. We'll have Fair Snopes enough. look into that. My better at life this week will be for uh, a company that might provide me the internet service to actually look this stuff up when I need to, when I'm out at the cabin. Oh yeah. You found one. Oh, well make no mistake. This is right now me abusing my power as co-host of this show and trying to pander to Starlink and Elon Musk and, you know, offering some free advertising <laughs> for their up and coming uh, network of internet satellites called Starlink that are in low earth orbit, low latency and high internet speeds, which I desperately need. Okay. I need this in my life up there. It's going to make everything better. And they did just put up on their website that you could put in your info and then, you know, kind of sign up for the beta testing. I want to be a beta tester. <laughs> I need this to happen. And for bringing the miracle of high-speed internet to all of us rural folk uh, that can only get crappy service like I have now. Elon Musk and Starlink, better at life than Skip Bayless. Please pick me. That was that was some free advertising. I can do more. I thought you were going to say that, they, that you actually put out your status as a podcast host and said, this is going to be amazing if you pick me because... Uh, I can, this will be like a demonstration of just how good it can be. 
and yeah. they emailed you back and this was like in the works but it sounds like this isn't even close you just you just put in your application i would have said something of that nature right but there was no box like you know like memo or you know uh, additional information it was just email address and zip code that's it that's all they that's all they gave you but i'm hoping that because they're kind of looking to roll it out for the northern United States for the beta test, right? Yeah. And in very rural locations. I can't think of anywhere more rural than the Sapphire Mountains in Montana. What you should uh, you do, know, say when you when you get a chance to talk to them, say that mm-hmm. your co-host is a Tesla shareholder. Because I bought point zero one seven shares of Tesla stock this week. Oh, but don't tell, don't okay. tell them how much I have. Just tell them that I'm a Tesla. No, no, you're a shareholder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I know another shareholder too. They bought one. Oh, sweet. Uh, but they bought it you know, six months ago when it was really smart to buy it. Yeah, um, I had actually thought about that. But yeah. yeah, just pick me, pick me, please. I want a podcast from the cabin and not Missoula. I don't want to be in Missoula anymore. Yeah, you don't want to be by your landlord who tells you to move your camper when it's been out in your front of your yard for an hour. I'm tired of that catfish. I'm tired of the traffic. I'm tired of uh, everything Missoula. I am sick and tired of Missoula. I am ready to move to the woods. All right. And so that's what I think that's the plan. I think, uh, you know, by this fall, uh, me and the girlfriend, we're going to move full time to the cabin in the woods. I just got to finish the addition I'm building and, uh, you know, get Elon to give me the Starlink. Yeah. And then we're, then we're golden. So we don't have to try and do this over landline or well you don't even have right. a landline up there yet <laughs> nope nope but i could drive into town you know yeah like push come to shove that's true just i'd rather not do that well my better at life this week for tiffany chancellor and natalie wright the wives of cam and kj and they put together their bridge to the future march here this past weekend for the Seahawks. The Seahawks went out there, a bunch of members of the community as well. Coach Carroll talked about what the march meant to him. Today we walk with our family and our friends, but we also we walk with a bunch of people that we don't know from all different places and backgrounds and you name it. Everybody's coming from different places. But we all, though all of us that are walking are walking because we're sharing really a dream and have a goal that we share to bring about the respect and the quality that all people deserve. And uh, I'm really proud just to be part of it. Really proud of our guys and the wives that set this thing up. But just proud of anybody that is willing to protest and make their stand. And here's Natalie Wright. It was just amazing. I was crying on the way here, just looking back and seeing the hundreds of people, you know, that were following in my lead, you know, with Tiffany and I. And it just, it was overwhelming and powerful. And Tiffany Chancellor said it was overwhelming, too. It was quite overwhelming, but in a good way. It, it just I felt like we had the whole just power of the city behind us. It was really dope to have everybody come out and support and show that it, it matters to them, you know? And reading all the other quotes coming out of the march, hearing the message of loving one another, respecting one another, you know, making the world better for our kids, all stuff that's resonating with me right now. Tiffany Chancellor and Natalie Wright, better at life than Skip Bayless. Yeah, so yours was definitely more uh, virtuous than mine. And uh, that was, that was I had to, I had to go to the more virtuous over having the do better witchcraft. Uh, I think. Ooh, yeah. It was kind of a yin and yang. That balances everything out, and I think uh, that balances out our hakra for this show as well. And I think with that, 
There's only one thing left to say. Go Hawks. Go Hawks. You know, maybe Russell Wilson, I mean, we all thought that he was going to be, you know, the we thought we thought who he was. We thought Russell Wilson he was, was the who guy. He thought that, he yeah, was. Right. Yeah. <laughs> that was the, the, my, my my mind kept going back to that quote and I Yeah. Ah, oh, Dennis Green.